Hey everyone, Mario Pareca here, and I am joined, as always, by Ela Crane, and we'd like to welcome you to the Peaceful Ease podcast. You can connect with us and email us anytime. Podcast at PeacefulEase.com is our email address. PeacefulEase.com is the website where you can check out what Ela's up to and find all things Peaceful Ease. Ela, your surroundings are different again. You're traveling on the move <laughs> once again. Um, you're in Italy now, which is absolutely beautiful. I've been there a couple times myself, but I can't wait to hear more about what your experience has been like there so far. Yeah, I'm in Sicily right now, uh, where the Godfather comes from, apparently. <laughs> or the Be movie careful. was inspired, yeah. <laughs> um, and it's it's beautiful here. I'm in Palermo, and uh, it's the opposite of what I was experiencing in Spain, in Mallorca. I'm staying in the old town, and... Palermo is such a um, unique place in a way because I've never been to a city that kind of maintains chaos and quietude so closely. Like I'm in the midst of everything, but my street is very quiet. So when I step outside, like there is just a few people walking or no one barely. And I, there's a long street where you see the washing hanging off the balconies. You know, it's like, welcome to Italy. <laughs> And then you walk five minutes, turn another corner, and there are suddenly thousands of people, hundreds of dogs, and, you know, musicians playing live music, and there's a food market, and there are, like, some souvenir um, stands, and, and then you turn another corner, again, there's no one. <laughs> so it sounds like it's almost a combination of Cowtown and all of the other busy places that you've been in Berlin, maybe the downtown Berlin kind of back to back put together. So all your experiences traveling up to this point recently have led you to this culmination. I like that interpretation. Yeah. Yeah. And it's beautiful. There are like beautiful hills to hike and um, there is, I'm just 10 minute walk from the Harbor and I found a rowing club and that was something I always wanted to do. So I took on rowing now I'm doing like three times a week. I'm like aching everywhere basically, but I'm, I'm grateful for the experience because there is such value in doing something uh, again and again, like that repetition that allows you, enables you to see your improvement. That's so, awesome. Yeah. That's, that's a great workout too. It's a great workout and it makes me realize that I don't have that repetition enough in my life where I can get to do the same thing again and again. And it's like building up skills. I've been very kind of diverse. I have so many interests and I'm a quick learner, but that means I get bored very quickly <laughs> and I forget things quickly. So I, I'm like many people in that sense that I like to try different things. Um, but then you become kind of knowledgeable about many things, but never good enough in one thing. And that's fine. You know, some people are here for the experience. Some people are here for the kind of um the expertise but now I'm finding this change within where I feel like okay I value repetition I value being in the same place going to the same harbor at the same time and rowing the same uh, hours and seeing the improvement so rapidly it sounds like 
you've you're getting into that next phase of evolution where when we talked when you were in the cow town you were all alone most of the time going really deep within and i think when we talked about this in the past on the show we talked about it as almost like a field where you kind of just scorched down everything and broke it down to just its most basic components which would be the soil and now you're starting to plant some more things and do some more things maybe you can explain that you know that experience to us a bit yeah absolutely and you're right how you described it what i've done during the last six months you know from june 2019 till 2020 was like clearing the grounds taking off all that weed and um it's like cutting the the maybe the trees that I didn't plant there in the first place and um, clearing the grounds. And by the time I went to Switzerland for Christmas after six months, I had this beautiful, spacious feeling within. It was like a a field that was turned inside out and cleared and airing and. And due to the clearing and the little fires I put to clear the ground, it was like very fertile. But I didn't want to touch it because I wanted to see what grows there naturally. And I wanted to have a plan this time. I wanted to decide who I would like to be consciously. So when when we are children, we don't do that. We are raised to be somebody. It depends on when you where you are born. We don't choose our beliefs. We don't choose how we are going to get educated, what what kind of language we are going to speak, how we are going to express ourselves. We just learn it from others, our family, our friends. But this time I wanted to do that consciously. And traveling so much actually um, wasn't planned but became very useful because I saw so many different ways of expression you know i'm in italy now where people speak with their hands (laughs) and i pick that and it feels good you know whereas um in spain i picked other things like how clean the streets were compared to sicily at least you know in switzerland how everything functioned you know in germany how um Everyone was on time and very much respectful of personal space and privacy. So it's like I'm traveling around and picking the best bits of each culture and learning from each culture and consciously deciding what I would like to do, you know, how I would like to shape this person that is all kind of clear now of many, many um, old habits and traits and um, in the process I was recommended a book by Jay Early who is a teacher a psychotherapist also an internal family systems um, therapist and trainer and uh, the book is called Discovering Your Soul's Purpose by Mark Thurston and If you ever feel the kind of what I'm describing, the stage I am at resonates with you, please read this book. It's it's amazing. It's really telling me where I am, 
and how I came here, even though I didn't do it very consciously, and how I should be proceeding, you know, what kind of guidelines I can use. So it's been kind of invaluable. And um, there are there is a section that I wanted to talk about. It's called Who Looks for a Purpose in Life? And I find that fascinating because, yeah, it's like, is everyone searching? Are we all searching? Or are there just a few odd ones that really need a purpose? And they talk about three characteristics of people who seek a purpose in life, who just don't want to turn the wheel pointlessly and have more and buy more and spend more and but do something with this gift of life that we are given. And... Um, the characteristics are fascinating because they talk about the first thing they talk about is pain. And it is this, not kind of physical pain that comes from rowing, <laughs> but it is this deep, deep, um, almost like woundedness, but it's coming from knowing that things are not quite right. That's not it. You're not expressing everything that is there, the potential that is there. And they say, okay, we don't generally change unless we are hurting, but this hurting can bring us down unless we are aware of it. And this hurting is like the fire for change. And it is a very common factor among people who recover from maybe big traumas and then try to make sense of what had happened. And, and when they do, it, kind of, it creates a relief, but it's also saying, okay, what is next? How can I make sense of the future now? So it creates this longing for a deeper meaning to our lives. And the second thing they talk about, a sense of dissatisfaction. And this is not a dissatisfaction that's coming from like a spoiled displeasure with everything. It's, it actually has gratitude as a part of it. Because if you were this hurt person, wounded person before, or you are, and if you are at a stage that you can wonder about life's purpose, you are perhaps in a safer, secure stage. And that would be a factor for gratitude by default. So these people who have this kind of dissatisfaction within are not like spoiled and discontented for nothing. They are grateful for all the good in their lives, but at the same time they are feeling dissatisfied, knowing that there must be more. There can be, and that is, there must be more that they can do that they can serve, that they can express, that they can inspire, that they can influence. So there is this kind of um, searching of inner, searching of inner ways of expression. And the third characteristic they talk about is restlessness with being comfortable. 
And that made me laugh because I can completely relate to that. Because I think, and many of us can, because we strive for comfort. We want a better life, a better house, a better car, a healthier body, um, good friends. We want comfort. But when we find comfort, we get bored of it very quickly. So we seek for challenges, you know. Uh, we seek for jobs that will bring out more, that will bring out the most kind of effort and shine uh, from within. And we maybe seek out partners who are going to push our buttons and help us grow. And uh, so this restlessness is coming from a kind of wanting to grow, uh, wanting to wrestle, wanting to adventure. And it's, it's a creative tension that we carry around. It wants to be expressed. And it's, it's coming from this unexpressed potential that we all carry about. And it's also coming from a dissatisfaction with the traditional values we have in society or in, in our families. And I, when I read this, all these three characteristics, I thought we are all searching for a purpose, aren't we? We are all wanting to not just make the most of our time here for ourselves, but for our loved ones, for our society, for our country, for our planet. And I really, really hope we can keep that, not just in mind, but in heart, and stop looking at our differences, but see how we are yearning for the betterment of our species and our home as this planet. Looking back at the ELA before you started traveling like six months ago, before you started this whole journey of burning down the landscape and then replanting and building, do you have a clearer sense today of what your purpose is? I mean, can you articulate it better? Do you feel it better? How would you explain as opposed to before you started this journey to now where you are, because you've gone on a really, I, I don't want to say drastic, but it was more, <laughs> intention, it was more intentional than what most people typically do. So what took you six months without doing what you did would probably take the average person much longer because they don't have the distilled time to really get into everything that you did. So over that, that over that course, have you found more specifically what you feel to be your purpose? No, not yet. I still need time for that, but I am kind of I am understanding more and more and kind of feeling it more deeply than ever that helping other people in any way I can is helping me. And helping me has been helping other people. Like all the six months I took on kind of dwell within 
and dismantle and re kind of mantle and do set up things and then take them apart again and burn it down and recreate all that. People can feel that and just being around, they can benefit from it. There's this chaos around me, yet I can stand in that chaos with a smile and people smile back. And that smile makes maybe the person next to that person kind of smile too. So there's this kind of little wave spreading. And I know that my focus from now on will be helping in any way I can, but I'm not yet very clear how, because there are traits that I haven't been kind of nurturing or looking at, and, and I would like to integrate them. You know, I feel like I've been reading so much, uh, but I haven't been acting enough just yet. So slowly and gradually, I would like to start the action and see I'm getting in touch with a few charities. And even here, I met a group of people who started an anti-mafia movement. And I did some tours about um, anti-fascism. And so things are coming together. And I'm just open to see how I can help, where I can help, and when I can help. And I, and I believe when the time is right, it will happen. And I, I would say that everything you're doing and discovering and, you know, that desire you have to help people fits beautifully within the context of peaceful ease. You think so? Okay. <laughs> I do. Because I think that once we discover our purpose, and you correct me if I'm wrong, if you believe differently, but I think that once we discover what that purpose is and we actively act on it intentionally and we begin to live that out, it creates a whole new level of peace within ourselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. Life, it, I didn't never think of be, that. It's never going to be without challenge. There's always going to be challenges, but the challenges become things that we understand and we look at as something that helps us grow. And I think that adds a level of ease as well because you don't look at a challenge as something that's trying to stop us. We look at it as something that helps us expand. And so we don't look at it so much as a problem or an obstacle. We look at it as a challenge that we take on and that helps us grow and so I think peaceful ease kind of fits beautifully within that whole purpose and that whole discovery process and then actively living it, not just discovering it, but actively living it and contributing to the world. Mm -hmm. Isn't that interesting? Because when we started, this wasn't the meaning we had in mind with peaceful ease. So now we can see how the, the words change their meaning <laughs> and yet we are still talking about the same thing but a completely different shade of it absolutely and i i think that this is super interesting to me because it makes it so much more tangible you can see you know yeah it takes work and it takes awareness and it takes desire and it takes action but it's a way that you can actively not only live out your purpose, but attain that level of peaceful ease in your life. Whereas before, I, I feel like it was just so, um, it was something that was so abstract 
to where, you know, in, in my in my mind anyway, when you think about emotional health and emotions, yes, that's part of it. But now that emotion, you can see how it fits into the bigger picture mm-hmm. of leading to actual tangible results, outcomes, and actions. And I'm so glad we have this recorded, this process, because I've done a lot of work on myself and I changed a lot throughout my life, yet it was never recorded. It was just people who knew me could feel it. But I really feel now, if you're listening to this, and if you go back to the first episode of Peaceful Ease, you will feel the difference. And this, and you want, if you wonder, <clears throat> excuse me, if you wonder how this difference came about, well, you can just listen to the process. I shared every book, not every, but, you know, many books that I read. I shared the many kind of therapies and methods and practices that I've done myself. And the people I met throughout my journey are now becoming guests of this podcast. So it's it's beautiful. I'm really happy that we could deliver this, even though it wasn't um, our intention. But we were open enough to leave it vague. We were comfortable enough to say, we have a good in- intention. We would like to create a positive change. We didn't know exactly why. So we started to do something. And this came out like a beautiful surprise in a way. And that's the way it works. I mean, you have to, you know, when you start with an intention, you have to act on it. And then when you act on it, I, you know, I found in my own life that I get what I call feedback from the universe. And so for me, I really believe that where I sit today is because I was very focused on what I wanted to achieve. So I took action on that. But at the same time, I was open to all the possibilities around me. So as I take action, I would notice you know, the opportunities that came from that, the different paths that could possibly be taken. And because of that openness and going, I think it says a lot of going where you feel pulled. Because I believe that if you try to push to be something that you're really not, or you try to push to pursue something that maybe isn't within your purpose or whatnot, maybe it's something that the world tells you you should do or society tells you you should do. So you push to do that. It always pushes back. Even though you may be very successful from like a monetary standpoint or from an outside perspective, it just doesn't feel right. It feels like something's always pushing. But if you go where you're pulled and you go where the universe naturally takes you, that could be a very fulfilling journey, but you have to be open to doing that and you have to act on that when you feel it. Yeah, and you have to have faith in something like that you're taking care of, that, that you know, this is for better. You have to have faith that it's going to work. Doubts and paranoia just kind of stops this beautiful process. And I think there's something to be said, too, of letting go of expectation, right? Because I think when we form ideas in our own mind of how we expect something to be or we want something to be, then it clouds what the potential can be. Yeah. Yeah. It's like cruising a bit. No, like you can, if you have a nice car, you would like to kind of go for a ride. It's not like you want to go to work or something. You just like in the car, it's nice weather. Maybe you drive around half an hour or so, and it's a form of meditation. You don't know where you are going, but it doesn't matter. And in that sense, you can't go wrong because 
you're just open to go wherever. If you turn right, it's okay. If you turn left, it's okay. So it's like cruising. And if you see life like that, at least from time to time, you know, have, have goals, have, have targets, but just be playful, you know, go cruising a bit and see where you end up. I think it just changes, um, changes a lot. I agree. I love that the way you explained that is cruising. I think it is a great way of understanding that concept. And Ela, before we go, is there anything you want to leave the audience with to kind of wrap everything up? Maybe just ask yourself how you could be more open and how you could embrace ambiguity more because that's where all the magic happens. That's where all the surprises are. See if you can trust a little bit more that you are taken care of. I love that. And I want to remind everyone, peacefulease.com is where you can find us. If you want to email us and share with us anything that you've taken from this episode or any of our previous episodes, podcast at peacefulease.com is the email address. Ela, thank you so much for another great episode. I can't wait to speak with you on the next one. Thank you, Mario. And thank you for listening, everyone. For Ela Crane, I'm Mario Pareca. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to you on the very next episode of the Peaceful Ease podcast.